This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Good to have your company on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to drink wise. Series 8, episode 40 of the sounding board. And is my voice a little bit more up to your liking today, Craig Hutchison? Better. Good to see. I know you're only 22 weeks annual leave for these reasons. One, you've got a beard. Two, you've got the grey sort of attempt at George Clooney running through the chin of that said beard. I've had the grey at the chin for about 20 years. I've never had a grey in my head, but uh, on my chin, it's always there. Three, you're up. Four... (laughs) Word hits my desk that you and your part-time ambassadorship at Sportsbet are reacquainted this weekend at the Derby. <laughs> You're not a fan of racing, but somehow you go to the Derby as a guest of Sportsbet, where you Very famously made media watch. Very good, famously of... made media watch on the back of it. So two, two weeks in a row, you, you go to the races a lot for someone who's not a fan. <laughs> I love the races. I just, I just. Well, hang on. Where's everyone going to be this weekend? Are they going to be in Melbourne or are they going to be in Sydney? I, I think both days will be huge. To be fair, so yeah. it'll be. There you go. How are you? How's the oh, 22 well. weeks going? They haven't started yet. It's, oh, only, it's only 10. It's only 10. <laughs> you look relaxed. I'm, I'm starting to actually just feel normal again. Yeah. Yep. You, you don't look as though you are. You've had Not a big yet, week. No. 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 That's been a bit intense. We're going to have to touch on a few of these topics, actually, or at least one of them. We are. Yeah. There's a lot. And, and I like to look after you on this show, but I have to, and I will always try to, but um, there's a topic that I need to get to. We won't do it off the top, though. You start wherever you like, and I'm, I'll play along. Well, I don't know where to start. There's Richmond Premiership players writing books, competing in the same yep. market space in what's a pretty tight market. You've got a coach, a Premiership coach, a multiple Premiership CEO using your platforms to, I think, defend themselves as much as their club. You've got Eddie Jones completely capitulating and the deranged behaviour that he'd had over the journey. I think we could start there if you wanted to. This is what I think, Damon. There's about... 20 relevant things today. Yep. I think you run the show with pace. With pace. You don't get dwelled on your own arguments too much. You move through the issues. All right. I'll add my well, observations. If you're telling me to do it that way, we'll do it like a newspaper then. Okay. We'll, we'll use back the back page. page. Back page is, yeah, back page is the lead story. All right. What's the back page? You're blowing up the Perth Wildcats, as I know. I'm happy that's only on the back and not the front. <laughs> <laughs> has, has it been on the front in Perth? I'm assuming it has been. Yes, yeah, Damo. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm, I've had now again. I, you know that I try to look after you on this show, but there's some topics you just can't can't avoid. Now, I would have had. Let's go with a dozen. It might be fifteen. It might be eighteen. People say I've got to ask you about the Wildcats. So, so let, let's put the Wildcats on the back page. Cracking. I've done the media rounds in Perth. Have so. you blown up the most successful sporting franchise known? Maybe to the world, let alone Australia. The team is not playing at the level that it would like to at the moment. So we're two and five in, with a roster that we think is very talented. And so that's not to our – I'll just give you a straight answer because it's a serious um, matter for, for Wildcats fans and for the city of Perth. So it's not playing the way we would like it to play, clearly, and the team to play. Two and five. There is a lot of time on our hands. There's 21 games to go, and it is early into a um, new team with which is finding its cohesion. So if you look back to the Sydney Kings, their first premiership two or three years ago, whatever it was, they were three and six with a, with a similarly talented roster who took some time to find their chemistry with each other. Now, that doesn't excuse the losses, nor does it mean we aren't frustrated. Clearly, I'm frustrated. Everybody's frustrated. But we we believe in this team, and we believe in this Coach and coaching group. So John really is the coach. Yes. And the people, from what I've been read and, and have had articles sent to me, people are saying he's got to go. 
It's seven weeks into his second season as a senior coach. It is hard to be patient in these things. In his first season, he took us to a, the play-in when it looked improbable. We had to beat the Sydney Kings in the last game and won 11 points. So they did everything to try and stop that, and we made it, and then we won the play-in game. Now, that wasn't by any means the season we wanted, but it was a mighty achievement from where we were. And then we've made eight, eight list changes. So those pieces are taking some time to find their rhythm. Some of our players are not at their absolute peak of their game. And it hasn't all, the band hasn't actually gelled together on the same day yet. It's early. It's two and seven. How are you coping with this? Because you, five, you've become the focus of it. As, as much as people are calling for John Rilly's head, they're calling for you to do something about it. Yeah. That's so, and that's. I, as owner. Yeah. So that's the feedback's been robust and pretty blunt. And that's the that's the right of the fan base because they love their team. And how are they how are they reaching you this fan base? Is is it through social media platforms? Is it through the old fashioned way letters or is it what is it? Any any way that you can find to communicate with someone has reached me, Damo. And I've read every single bit of correspondence. Do you respond? No, I just think it's sports a passionate thing. We're in the business of passion, and the Red Army and the fan base are passionate about their club. And that is way, way better scenario than people being ambivalent about their team. And with that, there's um, a core of fans who are really frustrated. And I accept that, take responsibility for it. We will get through this, we'll be better, and we will be there at the back end of the year, in my opinion, when the whips are cracking. Now, a lot of things wash off you. I've seen you get through a lot of controversial moments, a lot of issues. Has this one taken a bit bit of flesh? No. Not at all. Really? Because it's going into it eyes wide open. Like all the things that um, I expected. Like it's that's the beautiful thing about it is how much people care. And I, I'm not going to be able to retrospectively be able to be born in West Australia, Damo. I'm, I'm, I understand that we, our, you know, 60% of our board live in West Australia and three of our five directors are, what are they West saying? Australian. Are they, are they getting nervous? We, we think we've got an amazing club with an amazing opportunity. And we're not going to win every game every week. We'd like to. If we were playing like this at the end of the season, I'd be disappointed. It's early in the season. We need to keep a little bit of context. I have firm faith in our coach and our head of basketball. I'll have that conversation with anybody and we'll get better. I'll finish this in a moment. One of the articles that was sent to me contained contents of Rachel Cotton, yep. wife of the, the great player, Bryce Cotton. Yep. And your quote in this article was, you're going to have a, a quote, a mature conversation with Rachel about no, I the criticism she I made. said the club would have a mature chat with, with Bryce and, and has done so. And, and how did that look? What, what's a yeah, mature like been, conversation? Well, it's, as I mentioned in the Perth media on Monday, Rachel's just defending her husband. She's part of our family. She's in a moment of, um, we lost the game and people are getting stuck into all of us and she's just defending her husband and he's rolling that. I, I thought it was great. Like, not great. I thought it was um, understandable that in a moment of um, frustration that you defend your partner. And I think, you know, I know Janine, she'd be the first one in if anyone was no, ever going would, oh, No, there's no chance. <laughs> there's no chance. She the, wouldn't even know what I'm I going know. through in, in a work sense. I, I know Claire's <laughs> defensive of me. Like, it, that's that's a part of, you know, being part of a family is you, in a, in a moment um, of um, no, frust- frustration. Not, not normal, though, for the partner of a player. But it was, yeah, it was an unintended consequence. It wasn't, um, it wasn't meant to be 
caught by the media or broadcast more widely and um, Rachel said remove that when well, she you, realized that's what happens when you post yeah. matters like that when when you're not winning demo in, in life and in sport yeah people get frustrated and all these things bubble to the surface what we all need to do is remain calm <laughs> just everyone take a breath right. we'll get through this we're gonna be okay and the t- team will be better and if, you know what you can hold me accountable to that. No, I don't want to hold you accountable. Yeah. The, the Red Army is. All right. So you're going okay, though. We we okay with that? You're holding up still. No no flesh wounds? No? I thought I just about got through all the media. And then I, well, last night, I walked into my local just to try and relax for 20 minutes. Yeah. And then NBL Overtime was on every screen. <laughs> and there's a shot of me and all the graphics <laughs> over the top. <laughs> we we wear that uh, that blue jacket that the Herald Sun keeps running you in. That's the stock photo. That's, yeah. Anyway, it's not a laughing matter. All right. This weekend, we'll bounce back. And Monday night, we come to Melbourne and play with house money against Melbourne. And I won't say house money. No one thinks we can win. You watch. It'll be on. So the team you once owned is now going to try and make never, you... Never owned Melbourne United. We had a, a share in it. This Perth Wildcats is the is, is owned by our entire business, Sports right. Entertainment Group. Okay. Now, you were defensive of Eddie Jones some weeks ago when he embarked upon this World Cup campaign at the airport and, and said he wants to give the media some uppercuts and, and he just lost his way. And, and to me, we said at the time that he was either losing his mind or he's the greatest genius we've ever seen. Now, we then got to see the tournament unfold and play out and Australia didn't even yep. qualify and even didn't even get through the qualifying stages. He's denied the Japan links, which Tom Decent of the Sydney Morning Herald has been reporting on regularly. Other media have now been saying that as fact as well. He keeps denying it. And then, but then, since we last spoke, he's now resigned from the Australian job 10 months into the five-year deal that he got. Yep. And went out swinging too, didn't he? Didn't he? Well, when I say went out swinging, he, he, the two things that seemed to upset Phil War were the one that he said that change doesn't happen quick enough and it's too hard. And the second one was Michael Hooper, is it? Not a good leader. And that that's it. He left him out of the squad, yep. and yep. So, like, I was a bit more defensive than you of the press conference in on the way out. I yeah, know you, you were. You were critical, and I was a bit more. Um, I just thought it was unbecoming of a, of someone in that position, but, and and the attitude and the flippancy with yep. which he was answering questions, and but the but again, I was prepared to then say, okay, well, if this is the way you want to go down swinging and picking your team of unknowns and unnamed and uncapped people to that point, yep. that's fine. But you've then got to deliver. You've got no choice but to deliver. And failing to even get through the qualifying stages meant he failed. And then it was just another layer of this man who I think was had lost his way. And and I'd, I've said to you many times, Hachi, I, I 20 years ago loved Rugby Union. That World yep. Cup we had in Australia, the famous Johnny Wilkinson game, that was, to me anyway, in my mind, arguably the peak of that sport. Now, again, I'm coming at it from a, a non-traditional aspect of it, but it followed the the famous Campisi days, you know, 15 years earlier than that or a lot longer than earlier than that. But I think it was tracking beautifully. What what has happened to that sport since has has blown itself up to the point it can't recover now We're in this marketplace? It's had a, it's had a really poor 100 days. And oh, I'd say 20 years. The... In hindsight, you were closer to the truth than me on the press conference because you could almost pinpoint that now as being the day the toothpaste went out of the tube, right? So he takes a young team over. They perform poor. He doesn't handle that. He's silly enough to take a, a, a chat with Japan, which Tom Decentgerno wrote at the time. And I would think in hindsight he's clearly true, whether it was a formal interview yeah. or a fireside chat or somewhere in between. Well, he's hiding behind there's no job offer. There's no formal offer. That, that, that's his yep. latest public line, Eddie, as and in he, his defence of that element. Comes back and does a press conference at his local 
park where he feels comfortable and talks about how he's going to be there for five years. And, and then 10, 10 days later, he's gone and everyone knew he was probably going to go. And, and the brand damage he did on the observations on the way through and the way he kept them hanging and he, he clearly went for the pay. I, I assume he got a ch- decent check. Uh, I don't know that he did. He got something, surely. Did he? I, yep. I'm not well. I'm not sure of that aspect, but I don't. I don't think he got um, a lot. He was he got anything. He was leaked that he was open to a deal, and yeah, it was it was the brand of the Wallabies has already been in a really tough spot in rugby Australia. They've had some misfires in where they're intending to go as a business, yep. and then you overlay this horrendous, horrendous run, like it was like. Not, does he does it make him unhorrible in Japan? Like if you're Japan, are you second guessing that decision? You'd have to be, wouldn't yep. you? Unless you've made the commitment of a, of a nature that is legally binding. But yep. yeah, you'd think so. So what a demise! Yeah, he was such he was considered such a um, an elite brain in the English system only two three years ago, yeah. and I don't know everyone's day comes, but what a demise! And I, I think and, we saw brand man, damaging for the sport without question. Well, yeah, no, I think we saw a man breaking down in front of our eyes. Now again, I don't I don't use that lightly, but yep. his behaviour and yeah, anyway. Okay, now let's get to, it was Tuesday, wasn't it, on SEN from a recorded interview on the Sunday. Gary Pert, Chief Executive Officer of the besieged Melbourne Footy Club, coach Simon Goodwin inside the studios with Gary Lyon and Sam Edmund. You ran it for an hour. I heard uh, pretty much, I think, 92% of it, 98% of it. What um, did you think of it? I thought it was, oh, look, as far as a product goes, your promotion of it was very good, very well done. You gave it a good 24 hours, maybe even 36 hours of of promo. Um, people might argue it was too long, Hutchie, but I've, I'm, I work in the business as you do. People weren't turning off if you had the time to listen to it. It's the end of October. In, yeah. And, and, and it's like the only it. topic in yeah. town. Yeah. So again, no, no complaints at all from, from that aspect of it and, and the feedback to it and the way it was done. Now, again, I'm going to pull it apart from different aspects yep. of it now, but in terms of the media presentation of it, I, I thought it was, I mean, it's a it's an old fashioned good get. Now he's chosen your platform, chosen Gary's yep. relationship, I'd imagine, Simon. But and again, other media can get their get their um, heads in a in a knot over all of that, and and that's understandable. But they didn't get the story, and and SEN did, and everyone else reported off it. As we certainly what did. What did you think of the way of what they had to say in their performance? Um, again, I had to eat my initial views, and then as always, you then have a reflective view. Yep. They, they still marry up, and to me, they're just words and. The, the use of the word culture or culturally was used 37 times that I know of. One of our producers, Joey Pignataro, did that exercise for us at, at AFL. And there was 37 uses he of was that counting word. The, counting the references. Oh, well, I asked him to once, once I'd heard it 15 times in the first right. three minutes. No, so again, they, they've gone in with a plan and culture's their word. Culture's yep. their word. So I'm not buying it with the four strongest words of the whole interview from Gary, weren't they? What was that? I'm not buying it. Gary Lyons' reaction. Yeah. Yeah, that was the. Oh, I'm glad he pushed back on that. Yeah, yep. and and Gary would have only done that because he because that's how he felt. He wouldn't do that for for any other reason. Yep. And and I didn't buy it either. I, again, you can only actuate out of these problems. But I also need to. My reflective look on this more than my initial re- reaction to it was Hutchie. I reckon I reckon Simon Goodwin and Gary Pearl looking after themselves with how they did it. Why? Well, they've chosen a let's put this in inverted commas a soft topic a, a, a soft avenue. Now the soft, soft avenue. avenue. Well, it's it's a it's a they asked pre-ordained... all the hard question by they, they asked every yeah. hard question by yeah. Gary and every hard question yeah. by Sam. But it's an hour. It's I over know. an hour. So, so so you can have a, a long run up. And and also too, I don't I didn't get any form of concession that there's a problem at the footy club. And what I do know has happened is Clayton Oliver's not happy with that, that yet again his own issues have been brought yeah. up by other people. Now again, that may be something that he, he said shouldn't that on, worry about. He said that on Channel Seven last night in a great get. Kate what, Massey. Kate Massey's great delivered, get. delivered the yeah. interview. 
he looked he looked a bit like an unmade bed in the interview in terms of the windshield he had on and I oh know he's not wasn't I, I wasn't sure that was the best projected look for him at this point of his run. I admire the fact that he spoke and he was honest. He said he basically mm. inferred that he didn't like the fact that it had been brought up again. He's not really in a position to be arguing with his footy club at the moment, I wouldn't have thought. Now, his phrase was, I thought it had been put to bed, or, yep. or around that line. And he talked around the truth a little bit, I think, on the interview, which people, oh, well, people do. Well, I, I would have argued Gary Pert and Simon yep. Goodwin talked around the truth as well, wouldn't Gary, you say? Yeah. I thought Gary, Gary saying was the best culture he'd been in 40 years was, was just, oh, I agree with Gary, it was an impossible... Well, you can't reconcile that, can you? You can't reconcile no. that. Um, but I did admire the fact that they fronted up that they wanted to clear the air and they were prepared to answer the questions and together. Yeah. I, I thought that was yeah. highly admirable. And Do you believe it? I think, well, I don't believe Gary's assessment that it's the best culture in 40 years. It's just not. Hmm. When you're in that system, you can often be blinded by what's in front of you, but I, I don't think anyone believes that. Do you? No, I, I don't. Yeah. No. And I don't know why I would go down that path. And I thought Simon, yeah, I, I believe Simon. He chose his I, words particularly, I, um, but I thought he, I believed him. Just on the good one aspect... I'd mind I, the I fact, feel for him. I mind the fact that he fronted up, and no one should have to go through that in your window over a three-year period yep. in life. Look, he, his, his issues in footy have been public, effectively, as a player. and, and another, I'm not, I do feel for him what he's been through the past yep. three years with this latest aspect of it. And, and I'm glad he, I felt, handled that matter really well. I'm not, I'm not questioning any aspect of that part of his answers. But I reckon it was a neatly wrapped up sort yeah. of assessment of, of what's the problem. And, and they're ref- referencing to the isolated incidents. And then and then you've got the other phrase, which I can't cop, Archie, like the, the minimum standards of behaviour. I mean, what what does that mean? What? No, and, I think that's fair. Like well, it means they, they've tolerated they put, they've turned less a, than minimum standards of behaviour. Clubs do that. You turn the blind eye to your greats because they, they get a little bit more rope yeah. than everybody else. And, and now there's consequence. Now there's consequence. Yeah, now now there's it's got too far. But but now we've got a, a seven year deal about to start yep. with the man who has not met even minimum standards of how, behaviour. How would that Kate Massey interview have come about? Do you think any theories? I've got theories. I haven't checked them out. Well, give me a theory. No, I, I wouldn't do that. Theories would, are no. untested. Just give me. Oh, a well, I imagine there's a um, a tip off of sorts. I, I, I look. I, I remember Kate doorstop Clayton actually at the peak of that other issue he had with his hamstring, and no one else was able to get him at the oh, time. I so think Kate's known to Kate knows Clayton. I don't know if she knows him, but she's twice now got him to stop for her when he hasn't stopped. I'd imagine yeah. other. I'd imagine there's a lot of other media out there trying to get Clayton at yeah. the moment. And the last two times that I've seen him in a media let, sense let, have been with a me, Kate. Let me get on the case of investigating this. <laughs> this is sort of my wheelhouse. <laughs> Can you make How a text now? Because be? we've still got another 30 minutes here. <laughs> Did Kate grow up in the bush? I don't know. Just in the, in Shepparton or somewhere? Is there a family link? Where's or? he from? I don't even know where he's, he's from. from uh, Shepparton, isn't he? <laughs> I think Kate's from WA, isn't she? Oh, there you go. It was a great get. It doesn't matter how. That was a good get. Yep. It really was a good hey, get. Can I, just before we get into the other serious stuff, yep. can I just make this observation? We've got a heap of other stuff to get to. Uber. <laughs> and by way of background, you were the first person in Australia to use Uber. I've been all in on Uber since day one. Yeah. You had a personal driver but, who was the the only black Uber operator for a, a good six months, and he was basically your personal driver. The no, we got a, a the, the, in the when I say the black Uber, the black car. arrangement of driving. Yeah. Yep. The early days of Uber, I was all in. Got rid of the car day one. I think there was less than hundred people on the app in Australia when I was one of them. <laughs> yeah. Had previously been, and you had the driver. So for, for years, I've been getting Ubers, and 
Um, once uh, famously got kicked out of one in, with me in LA, but that's that, that, that was when your rating went down a bit. My rating's low. We got kicked fair. out at Melrose and but somewhere. My rating's but... low, which is disappointing. I've been loyal. I'm probably celebrating 10 years of Uber, all right? <laughs> and I shunned the taxi industry yeah. to do this. Yes. And there was a, there's been a big war. There's been pickets, the Taxi Association, this. You know, Qantas got the... Um, Qantas has taxis at the rank. Virgin don't let Ubers near the rank at Melbourne Airport. Don't let taxis near the rank because they're Ubers. So the, even the airlines have got their own allegiance, right? This is Ford Holden modern day, Uber taxi, right? <laughs> yeah. So you're either you're either an Uber person, you're loyal, to the point where even as Uber's got longer and lo- longer and longer and it's 12-minute wait, nothing in your area. And they'd I'd, cancel. I'd stay. I'd, I'd be eight minutes away. There'd be a taxi pull up. You want to lift, mate? I'd be like, no, I'm an Uber guy. <laughs> I'll wait the eight minutes. <laughs> so yesterday, cop this. Yesterday, I order an Uber. It takes longer than normal. That's been a trend in, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And finally... Can you give me a drum roll zipper on this? <laughs> My Uber's good. two minutes away, one minute away. It's about to pull up. And drum roll, please. Yeah. He's in a taxi. What? My Uber driver <laughs> was in a taxi. And I get in. I say, oh, I'm sorry. I'm waiting for him. He goes, no, no, I'm, I'm the guy. Jump in. I get in the back. I'm gobsmacked, Domo. I'm in a taxi. What? And I say, how can you be? He goes, I do both. <laughs> and I said... What do you mean you do both? These are the two warring. Is this a silver top or is it a private? These are the two warring factions of our lifetime, Uber and taxi. I used to get legal letters from the Taxi Association. (laughs) Careful what you say about us. And so I get in the taxi reluctantly and I say to him, what's the deal? And he says to me, and this might have have been one for the rumour fog, I haven't seen News Limited report this. There's been peace talks. (laughs) There's now a gentleman's deal done. He said it started 10 days ago. Where because of the demand of Ubers, this taxi, is Neil Mitchell stuff. Huh? Taxi this drivers, should be on Trail W. <laughs> taxi drivers can log into the Uber system and pick up an Uber customer. What? I've been wearing the colours of Uber loud and proud for a decade, and they're letting the opposition pick me up on the side of the road. And I don't, I don't begrudge any of the drivers. I'm happy for them and their opportunity in life, and everyone deserves a living. But can you explain to me, Damo? This is a rort. And so I googled. What's happened here? You know, Uber taxi looking for like the Herald Sun or the Age or someone covering it. Nothing. Nothing. Only in it, similar peace talks have happened around the world the last oh. about a month ago, three or four weeks ago. And he said to me, the driver, oh, there's going to be a big announcement on the 9th of November <laughs> about reform in the. <laughs> so I've got my Uber slash taxi driver. Was it a, is it a proper, like a silver top arrangement or was it, it was a, a private taxi? It was a. a Taxi, yeah, but it had the word taxi on the roof. Yeah, I know, but I've seen those cars driving around. It doesn't have the major black cabs or silver top. It had everything other than, and then it had a little Uber sticker on the on the oh. front. And I said, well, "How is this going to work?" He goes, "Well, I'm going to jump into the Uber system when I can't get a taxi fare." And I said, "What are the differences?" He owns the car. Uber take twenty seven percent of the clip for the driver. Whereas if you own your own taxi... I love this. So you're, you're just trying to get from point straight. A to point B across town, probably from South Bank to Richmond, and you're now having the business lesson. I went for the economics straight away. Yeah. 27%. <laughs> you're having the business chat with the driver. <laughs> 27% gets taken. <laughs> but whereas if you own the taxi, it's obviously all yours. So you're saving 27% fare if you're taking a taxi fare rather than an Uber fare. But the license of a taxi yep. is the barrier to entry. Right. They've come to get this. Is one of the great. It's a rort. If there's no competition, Hutchie, like, it becomes a monopoly. How is this not being the front That's page like of the paper for a month? Economics. Like this, if you if you've seen the movie with about Uber, 
in the the, no. the, the amount of what's the movie called? Oh, it's going to annoy me. Zipper will find this for me. There's a mo- movie about Uber which is fantastic. It must be exciting. Um, What's well, about Uber? Is it? Yeah, it is about the the but the wars oh, around the world of the governments and the councils and the rackets and the taxi associations. I can tell you what's going to happen here though. The, it, the only thing that's going to happen here, prices will go through the roof. Well, that's what he said. He said there's a price rise. Oh, of course there is. <laughs> <laughs> so so anyway, is this going to be one of Jacinta Rellin's new initiatives? Is it? Well, I don't know. She'll sell it as though it's a breakthrough, and yet ultimately, all that's going to happen is no competition, prices through the roof. I didn't realise airports. You got to pick one team or the other. I didn't know you you actually create a bay, but it's you know if you're a, you're either a taxi, um, the airlines at the airports yeah. they have to back their horse, so they go nowhere Uber people. Yeah. So there's an Uber bay here, and then they'll direct you all through there because of the revenue. Um, wake up! When you're herded through these. What's it called? Super pumped. Yeah, that's it. Super pumped. <laughs> I'll send it to you, Damo. So no, 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 no. Don't please so don't bother. This is a bit like <laughs> no interest. This is a bit like barracking for Carlton your whole life, and all of a sudden you find out Carlton and Collingwood are merging. I reckon those percentages you've broken down there—they'd be right. I reckon they sound right to me. Oh, I'm sure they're right. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm emotionally dealing with. My, I feel like I'm an Uber member. <laughs> yeah. I might have to. I might have to go full scale Red Army on this and just ask questions. <laughs> speaking, of, <laughs> now, now speaking of TV shows, actually, I've finally got around to because I'm I'm not yet beginning my ten weeks off, but I'm just starting to have the mind free. I've I've done something that other people have done a long time before me. I've watched Quarterback since I last. Saw oh yes, it. it's very good. You like it? Eight episodes, a very easy watch. Yep. Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, Kirk Cousins. Really fly on the wall stuff, nothing, and, and it's it's pretty good. I mean, there's some stuff in there that it is pretty revealing. Nothing says I've gone into my 22 weeks and you'll leave like I made episodes in the quarter. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you know, I don't I don't watch anything between March and uh, basically uh, middle of October. So yep. um, yeah, but have you watched it? I haven't. I, I will get to it over the holidays. Yeah, yep. I'm just too reluctant to get my mitts on the NFL because I just don't want to, I want to stay in the zone Monday mornings for work. I know what you mean. Yeah. When when the whips stop cracking a little, I'll ease into it over the holidays, but I'm just reluctant to, to chime in. The Cowboys are having a good season now, which I, I know, which they I'm are. Happy about. Hey, we talk about the payoff in media interviews a lot around here. Yeah. And that is the... I'm actually got involved in one of these. I won't see a lot of day for a couple of weeks yet, but you'll, you'll notice it if it comes off. What do you mean? No, I, I've been approached about something, but there, but, but there was a little caveat at the end of it. You've been approached to interview someone? It's a topic, yeah. On AFL.com? That's where we'll go, if, if it comes through. But at the end, you've got to do the payoff. Well, we haven't got to that stage yet. but, oh, but, but I can't but, wait for this. Yeah, I know. But, but the, I can't the, wait. You, you, <laughs> you will see this when it happens, all right? Yeah, I can't yeah. wait. <laughs> so, here you go. So, how's this? So, um, well, I'm interested to analyse this with you. The payoff is I'm here to promote or talk about X, can, and the the notional, as we've talked about a lot, is you give it one mention in the line, Mitch Cleary style at the end. Or <laughs> well, Mitch doubles down now. He's, he's yeah. learnt from you. you. You give it more love than you meant to he, give it because you'll then get the next bit of love. He's one of the best payofferers going around, and I say that knowing it's not a word. The Michael Clark on ACA. He learnt from you. So Michael Clark. Yes. <laughs> I didn't watch this, but we, we've been sent this a few times. He's promoting Australian bitters. Right. Right. Yeah. And somewhere there's a press release going out from a publicist that says, Michael Clark's available to speak Australian bitters. Right? Yeah. And Australia, ACA have gone, oh, this is a gift. <laughs> Let's sit this guy down. We'll ask him, 
you know, we... all, all the words about him being bitter and all the language has been used in the story. <laughs> and out the back, yeah. hey, can we make sure we've got that dust off that old video of yep. uh, the uh, Noosa Park yep. stout between? Yep. And we're going to ask you about Noosa. And what this would have gone this way. Um, when this goes south, <laughs> keep rolling. <laughs> I've been in those rooms. I've seen those meetings. ACA have done the kick rolling. And they start off Because with the, when that moment comes, it's not an easy moment to push through yeah. as a journo, is it? Because it's uncomfortable. uncomfortable. It's awkward. Like, you okay. might have a relationship with the subject that you, you know you're about to blow up forevermore. It's, it's uncomfortable for yeah. 96% of us. If you work at ACA, it's in your veins. They revel in it. It's in your veins. And it always starts something like this with the questions that are never going to make it to air, like, well, Michael, thanks for joining us. Um, exciting new initiative, Australian Bitters. Tell us a little bit about it. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, you know, we've, got, we've, got, yeah, we've got a great new tasting sarsaparilla or whatever it is. And they'll go in three or four minutes. <laughs> sarsaparilla. Must be busy keeping up with all these commitments, bitters, radio, media. And then they just edge out into the areas they're looking for. They're always, there's the noosa setups coming. They need five or six minutes of grabs in case he walks out and they're left with nothing for the cost of going to do the interview. Because don't go back to the boss with... Zero on. What did you ask him in the first minute? He should have waited eight minutes in. So then they go. So then it gets onto this, and I reckon we might play the audio from here. Here's how it turned the way ACA hoped. Talk to me about Noosa. Regrets from Noosa? <laughs> nah, listen, I'm here to talk about lemon, lime, and bitters. Okay. And, and this is a good example. No, but I mean, this is a good example. As soon as I speak about the, this, yeah. it becomes your headline. No, and no. that's not fair to the company that I'm here for. Yeah. That was always going to go that way. and Mike, But he would know that was going to well, go that he's, way. He'd have to know. Hutchie. Here's my question he's not, to you. He's not delusional. Who played who here? Yeah. I, I think who there's an element of Michael Clark. Who? <laughs> I think he went. I think he's been around long enough to know that's going to happen. He's going to defend. He's going to get a bit defensive. Yep. Those grabs are going to get promoted. And had you heard of Australian bidders two weeks Never. ago? Never. Now we have. Now we have. He got away with... <laughs> Looking to to bat the journalist back, wouldn't it surprise me after if he said, we got some good stuff there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> I reckon. Do you get what you want? <laughs> I reckon he played along. And people who are saying in a train wreck, well, uh, we're one of, I'm sure, thousands of podcasts right now talking about Australian bitters. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, we're, we're, and there's no skin in the game for us on that. So I think it, I actually think he's. I think this was an unconventional hundred from Michael. In, in, uh, <laughs> Actually, it might have been one media. of his uh, double hundreds. Yeah, might have been that good. Uh, now, speaking of uh, arrangements what, do you with disagree media, with that, by the way, no, nah, not at all. Yeah. No, nah, I thought the same thing. I, I saw the I saw um, a current affair promoting it in advance, <laughs> knowing knowing I didn't watch it, but we had it sent to us. But yeah, uh, that, I think that's how it has played out. Now, media watch. I didn't watch it on the weekend, on the most recent episode on Monday, Hachi. But I did have someone send me a clip up of a segment on Anthony Pratt, or at least part of a segment on Anthony Pratt. Oh, yes, referring to and this is my terminology, not necessarily the terminology media watch used, but junkets for journalists. Yep. And, and they might have used that phrase. I can't remember if they did, but that's what basically they was. traced eight trips, didn't they? I think they did. Yeah, well, they certainly to 2018. Yeah, yeah, and they, they they traced certainly three recent of the Australian trips, journalist. Or, yeah, of the Australian journalist John Stensholt, very good business writer, breaks a lot of business stories. Uh, he ventures into the sports world once or twice a year when he does the the lists of the most important and prominent sports people and industry people. He does that. Uh, Joe Aston got a mention. Our man Joe Aston got another yep. mention. Uh, again, arrangements with. Anthony Pratt, and there was a, a disclaimer on one of the articles, if not all, all of the articles, that uh, 
I'm just trying to read my really scribbly hand notes here. But basically, an admission that an article in the Australian at the time, the trip had been paid for. Flew as a guest. Flew as a guest. Of. So, so, look, there was a writer on it. Yep. I, I cannot they, read my own hand on it. They, they traced the cost, didn't they, in the annual reports? 23000 They bucks. traced yeah. the cost on yeah. it, yeah, to at least one of them. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, You'd be thinking this is good journalism too, wouldn't you? This is what happens. And and again, I put my hand up. I've done junkets when I was at the Herald Sun for travel stories when at the end of the season you'd get get a trip yep. to Canada to get some ski to ski resorts and you'd just write a beautiful story about these ski resorts. I've done that. I've went to Nepal on the back of one of these. Went to Nepal. Went to Nepal. Oh. Basically got to Everest yeah. base camp on a junket. So there's a lot of people in the Herald. Had, had, wrote a beautiful story about the actual tour so, I went on. So just before we move on, there's a lot of people in the Herald Sun that listen to this podcast. They don't want to be seen to because of your reputation there. Yep. So there's the people in the corner of the room with their headphones on pretending to listen to something Still else. Still got some mates in there who don't yep. want to admit to that these can days. You, but... can I, I'm sitting out an all-points bulletin to those secretly listening to us in the Herald Sun right now. Can you go into the files oh, no, and try and find me and DM me the story of Damo going to Nepal <laughs> oh, on a paid travel junket with the disclaimer, Damien Barrett. I think we've Traveled discussed this before. Of Singapore Airlines. I, I, want, I think we've discussed I want this, this before. I want the actual story so I can read oh, it out. Oh, that's going to be embarrassing. And anyone in a, the Herald Sun, they still have a library in there, I assume they do, digital library. Yeah. They used to have the Herald Sun shop outside, which is where I used to go. <laughs> find, I used to go to the Herald Sun just shop. Just to find historical stuff. Find me that story of Damo <laughs> and to DM me. There's a prize. <laughs> right. Now, your, your question is, is it, it was great journalism, by the way, from the Australian. It was well seeded. Someone had actually... Giving them the info. Look, you might want. To, you might find John's done this. System. Oh, you reckon it was on a platter? Yeah, on a platter. Um, <laughs> they found eight, five pre-COVID, three after. I think. Oh, from memory. I, you actually must have watched the whole thing. I only saw a little I, bit that someone said. No, I, I consume media watching my Twitter feed. If I see a clip okay. that interests me. I watch it. If I don't, I don't. I don't. It takes sixty seconds of a, of a day. Okay. They got. It was. Um, they, are they on do you? At the heart of this is. Yeah. Is that journalism gone? too far. Oh, it's what happens, isn't it? I mean, you can get on your high horse about it and look down upon it, which you may want to do. And we have it. And I certainly have at certain points of my life, Hutchie, but it's life, isn't it? It's life. And yep. if the disclaimer is there and it was, I don't, I don't think there's any suggestion it wasn't. Doesn't the reader then make up his or her mind as to well, it was disclosed. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yep. But there is a, there is a level of, um, but we know it goes on. There's a level of paid influence that yeah. that type of content producers. So to get an example, the, the Anthony Pratt, Donald Trump story didn't seem to go too far. It didn't on. go too far, did it? But, and that, and that most probably was because there wasn't a lot in it. So I'm not saying it was buried, but there's no way that story can be covered objectively by that paper if they are as, um, as, um, Enamored. Complicit in a regular featured interview series paired with an ad spend of traveling to America to celebrate his successes. Yeah. It's a very tough unwind. Also, that, it was a rival outlet which which broke the Pratt story the yep. way it broke it. Not nine, yeah. nine media or nine news and, and so it's, it's very, so age and SMH. I have no problem with the disclosure, with celebrating an Australian business success story, with the paid article. He's done it again and then the disclaimer and... That's that's part and parcel of how a newspaper stays commercial and operates, and it's disclosed. Um, but it's when something goes awry, yeah, that it's hard to um, yeah, yeah. We've discussed cartoonists before. I'm glad you asked this question. 
and we discussed it. Maybe the last time it was maybe the same person and the same reason we're about to discuss it again today. Yep. Mark Knight, Herald Sun, famous cartoonist at yep. the Herald Sun, as successful a cartoonist as there's ever been, ripping person to work with in, in an office situation, um, and it's just a, a really good guy. He did the Serena Williams one a couple of years ago, and the Herald Sun threw the toys out of the cot when people yep. dared question it. He's done another one in the past, let's go with two weeks. I don't know whether we discussed it. We didn't discuss it last week. I can't remember if he actually had published it prior to our episode last week. But it's, it's blown up because of the portrayal of Jacinta Allen, the, the newly crowned Victorian Premier after Dan Andrews' yep. resignation. It was a fashion show cartoon and she was without clothes upon and the offending parts were pixelated even in the cartoon. Now, it was a reference to the Emperor having no clothes. Now... That's the hook on it and the the lack of, I suppose, intellect or intel or, or plans that Jacinda Allen has on certain topics around town. That, that was the premise of the cartoon. I think I've, I'm explaining it as, as best I can without people seeing it. Have a look online. You'll be able to find it easily. But why, though, Hutchie, and I asked this question last time and I still have a problem with it. Why, though, do cartoonists have this get-out-of-jail card when it comes to portrayal of any individual and as though it's a it's a badge of honor as a starting point and and b it's a get out of jail card when when the rest of society and the rest of media and the paper that he actually works for seeks to cancel other people who would go down the same path of portraying serena williams the way she was and jacinta allen the way she was yeah so i mean this is a very fascinating modern day debate because it is that's what we're talking about yeah the way we were taught when we were cadet journalists and then journalists in the system was that a cartoon is the last bastion of being able to hold the entire world accountable. The irreverency attached. For irreverence and mirth. Yeah. And it's a bit of a South Park approach to comedy that we mock everyone evenly and equally. And so no one should be more offended than anybody else because everyone gets mocked in the means of making a point and telling a story. But then, okay, if Sam Newman wanted to say he was a cartoonist, would he still be operating? Is Is that... Now... Those, so that's that's where we how we were taught, and at the heart of that is a, a whole bunch of journalists who protect that art. Because proudly, I mean, any any cartoonist like any professional yep. at the peak of his or her game is proud of what they do, and and I agree with what you're saying. Yep. My my view is that as noble as that is, and as as um, historic as that is, society has moved way past that art being able to be protected the way that it was. That's my view too, but I thought you were going to take the other view on that. And I think you did no. last time. So have you changed your views in the space of, say, the Serena Williams time frame to the Jacinta Allen time frame? No, I think... Because I've got a feeling you defended the Serena Williams one. Well, I've, I've been an emerging um, observer on this space. Yep. So I'm, I'm not... I'm not 100% down the corridor on it yet. Yeah, yeah. But I'm edging No, that but way. I think yeah. you're different, yeah. yeah. And, I'm, I'm, and, and I'm fully the other. I, I, I don't feel they've got the right anymore. In, in 2023, because they hold, and I was like, well, they, media, certainly outlets, and certainly the one he works for, yep. chooses, picks and chooses, by the way, but picks and chooses moments to, to hold people to yep. account, and they don't let them have the context to their profession in, in the way it's presented. And, and nor they should on certain yep. times. I mean, yeah. they've, they've rightly highlighted a lot of bad things about that. I, I, I agree with Jacinta, but I also understand that Mark Knight, who's an exceptional cartoonist, and we're not disputing that. 
Um, had, and, and, and an exceptional person. Had, We're had, not disputing any of that. He, We're talking about his working. In my mind, he wasn't intending it to be a male or female thing. He was uh, trying to tell a story. No, no. See, no this is where I think you need to go a little bit deeper. Um, yeah, and you, you always criticise me for working backwards from the worst case scenario. I, I would. Oh, no, t- you know what I do from this one? Jacinta Allen is a woman, and that, as such, I'm not that's going. That's what there. I was about to say next. Okay. So I don't. In his mind, he goes, "No." Nah. It's just a premiere, and I want to tell a story about the Emperor with no clothes, and that's just how I'm going to depict it, and that's what it is. Jacinda Allen is a highly respected leading woman, and mm. you can't, I just don't think you can do that. No. Um, now, and and then high, and then and then people around him, and he's always got his supporters, and and, and so he should. But then people saying, "Well, he did the same thing to Dan Andrews, where he dressed him in budgie smugglers," and, I, and that, that's got nothing to do with this topic, nothing. And then the the. Often the theme, the idea, the comic genius in the cartoon is exceptional. Like it's a subliminal way to make a point. So there's exposed form that he is brilliant, together with the paper, at finding a creative way to tell a story. Here's the ultimate level of creativity for me. Find, go another gear where you can get to an even bigger level where you can do that without offending or depicting or sexualizing someone's image. Yep. And that's the next level. And yeah. That's that's even harder to do. And how many Herald Sun readers do you really think would, would be full fully cognizant of the Emperor Has No Clothes concept of that cartoon anyway? Really, how many? Yeah, that's that, that's fair. So, 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 so don't hide behind that as being the reason you had to do it. But the, the, the cartoonists would say, well, we, how do we pick and choose who we can and can't offend from here? Like oh, well, everyone has to pick and choose yeah. these days. And the Herald Sun picks and chooses every day with what it puts in its articles. And you know what they're that they're doing. Yep. And so it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really difficult well, one. Pick and choose and everything else. You, you can't say that this is so pure yep. a profession I that we, it, we don't pick and choose. Yeah. Like, of course they pick and choose. I, I, I didn't like the cartoon. Um, and leaving that aside, I do understand the alternate argument of the cartoonist. Yeah. And, I, have, I do and, too. Have, and have respect for it. But it's 2023 but, and, yep. and we've moved on, haven't we? Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, I think you've changed on that. Um, I've evolved. Well, yeah, you've evolved. <laughs> Hey, just while, just while we're um, acknowledging things, yes. last week we were talking about the yes and no vote, and we are talking about businesses that voted yes and voted no, and inadvertently in that conversation, I said that I thought Morris Blackburn had voted yes. Um, that was a mistake, and I apologise for that. You've been t- made aware of this mistake during the week? I, I had a feeling straight after the podcast, because I, I, don't even I know the Morris, saying that. I know the Morris Blackburn business very well, and their catch cry is, we fight for fair, and they are the champion of the underdog. Of all businesses that would have voted no, clearly it's not them. So they, so we, Morris we get published whenever it was last week. How long had we been published before you received that phone call? Uh, I, in my head, I thought I, I may have got that wrong, and then I just Googled and checked during the day. So I apologize. Who, who alerted you to it? They the, the head of Morris Blackburn? Clearly voted yes, and I uh, acknowledge and accept that. All right. And I'm sorry. <laughs> In an episode where we've learnt that Hutchie has, quote, evolved, we're done. Episode 40, Series 8 of The Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose the Drinkwise. Thanks for listening to The Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email thesoundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Drinkwise.